On this week's episode of Freight Up, we'll cover why fuel and iron ore are rallying. All this and more on Freight Up. Hello and welcome to Freight Up. My name is Fernanda and I'll be your host as we navigate the seas of freight and commodities. On this week's episode, we'll bring you two different updates from two of your favorite desks, fuel oil and iron ore. Freight Up! Now for your fuel oil update with Archie Smith. Hello, Archie. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good to be back. So what's going on with fuel oil? With fuel oil specifically, I mean, the main talking point at the minute is definitely the cracks. We've really seen a rally in the cracks across the board. That's low sulfur and high sulfur. Specifically high sulfur, that euro high sulfur crack is some of the highest levels we've seen in three years. And a lot of that is coming from strong demand for feedstocks from China and Chinese refineries. They're demanding a lot of feedstocks, so that's really pushing that euro high sulfur crack up. I think it's trading about 620, or sorry, minus 620 dollars per metric ton, which is about three bucks up on the week alone and about 80 cents up on the day. And I don't know if there's any signs of stopping or slowing down. That's really strong at the minute, the, the high sulfur euro crack, which in turn has massively tightened the euro high five spread, the scrubber spread. Because although the, the low sulfur euro crack has been rallying as well, it's not quite at the, at the rate of the, the low sulfur crack. And so it's really kind of tightening that gap between your low sulfur fuel oil and your high sulfur fuel oil and the euro. So, I mean, that, that front high five spread is, is around 70 bucks at the minute. There's about 10, down 10 bucks on the week. Well, over 10 bucks. I think we was like 83, 82 dollars per metric ton last week. So that's really kind of been quite a focal point at the minute. Well, what else is going on? Well, I mean, in, in the broader market, we've seen crude. Crude's been, it's definitely been coming off. I think there was a little kind of scare over the weekend, actually, uh, with the so-called coup in Russia, you know, with the uh, the mercenary group, the Wagner. And that, that did kind of somewhat have an impact on the oil market if that coup kind of fully went into fruition. I know, obviously, they've done a U-turn, but there were worries that, okay, if there is some sort of civil war or whatever might escalate in Russia, if this coup continues to happen, that would really limit oil supply. So there would have been a chance of oil prices really rising off the back of that. But obviously, it all kind of settled down by Monday morning. So it's almost kind of crisis averted, really. You know, the markets weren't majorly affected, but they could have been had that have escalated for supply side reasons. And we'll definitely have to keep an eye on it because. Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems it's like an it's unstable situation. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, nothing's over till it's over. But I think at the minute, it seems to have settled. And it's definitely not in the mind of the market participants at the minute that, you know, should that kind of rally again then it would definitely be something to think about. The other big piece of news was... Yeah, so the other other big piece of news was, um, which is actually very fresh, just came out now, was an, uh, a drawback, a drawback of 9.6 million barrels of the um, US crude stockpiles, with the US being the biggest consumer of oil on the globe. This is a pretty good indicator of decent demand, uh, and that's really offered some support to the crew prices this afternoon uh, you know they were slipping went down to 71.57 you know when that eia data dropped we we saw about 70 percent spike up to 72.50 around those levels so yeah pre- pretty major pretty major shift there yeah it sounds like everything's going down in fuel yeah exactly another kind of drastic bit of volatility that we've seen is the high sulfur east west 
it's down 10 bucks on the week. At the beginning of last week, it was trading about $5 in, in the front month. It was, it was trading $5 positive per metric ton. And now it's around $5 negative per metric ton. One of the reasons that could be leading to the, such a drop is the US and China. They've been selling a lot of the 380 cracks, which has weakened the 380 against the, the Singapore 380 against the European high sulfur fuel law. And therefore, kind of taking that east-west into the negative territory where it is at the minute. Incredible. So, are they doing this in in tandem, or just completely independent of each other? No, it, it's just independent. It's just market behavior at the minute. We, we've just seen a lot of U.S. and Chinese selling of the of the three eighty cracks. Fascinating. Yeah. What should we be looking for going into next week? Archie? What should we? Be, it's always the famous question. Should have prepared an answer. I think. There's, I suppose there's there's a lot of things to to keep your eye on. Uh, as we move forward, the the crude, I mean, it's it's pretty volatile at the minute, but it does seem pretty bearish. And I'd I'd say for, for the shipping guys, definitely just keep keep your eye on the fuel oil cracks. You know, they've really been rallying across the board. Low sulfur, high sulfur, sing and euro cracks all have been improving, which is you know we don't often see this. You know, sometimes it will be one's getting stronger as one's going lower. But, you know, for them all to be rallying, show some good health in, in the fuel market. So I, th- I think cracks, cracks definitely keep your eye on as we, as we go forward. If you guys are onboarded with us, you know, we constantly update the, the crack prices and the flat price at all times. So anytime, ask us for a crack price and we'll, we'll keep you updated and, and tell you the change on the day, on the week, on the month. On no, the hour, no, no. on the minute, on the second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's some positive news to prevent. Freed up from becoming such a depressing podcast. (laughs) The markets can be pretty depressing. They can. They can. (laughs) They can. But hold on. We will get you through it. (laughs) There's a shining light. All right, Archie. Well, I guess we'll see you then next week. Thank you very much. And now here's some iron ore news from James Robinson. Hi, James. How are you doing? I'm very good. Very happy to be here. Oh, well, fantastic to have you. So you've had quite the intense week on the iron ore desk. Yeah, a very big week. A pretty dramatic move so far this week. On Tuesday, we saw the market gain from 108.90, Monday's close to 113.15 at London end of day yesterday. So that's a that's a move of just over $4, so a pretty significant day. And we also saw a pretty big spike in volumes as well. So in the broken market this year, we've typically seen sort of daily average volumes around 7.5 million tonnes. And yesterday we saw 9 million going through the market. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty big spike and that is actually the second busiest day we've had this month. So quite a big move all round really. We also saw a pretty significant tick up liquidity at the back of the curve. So this tends to come a little bit in waves, so we won't see much trading on the cows for quite a stretch of time and then when liquidity does pick up, it really does move. So we saw trading pick up considerably on both the Cal 24 and 25 outright contracts, as well as a marked increase in interest on the Cal 24, 25 and 25, 26 spreads. So yeah, a very, very big day for the market indeed. So what's been the impetus for all this activity, James? So speaking at the World Economic Forum, Chinese Premier Xi stated that the government will be doing more to support the domestic demand, but they also emphasize the government's commitment to stability so be that prices or employment you know there is there is a commitment to stability 
But we're in the same situation. We keep hearing more announcements and more stimulus rumours. And whilst we wouldn't expect sweeping government policy to be coming out of a speech of this, this nature, we didn't get any further details, just that it's coming down the road. So, I mean, that's what drove the rally yesterday, was that commitment to shoring up domestic demand. Yeah, but in terms of, of critical details, we are still a little bit lacking. So it looks like we're still waiting on news specifically in regards to the property market in mm. China, right? So mm. is is there anything going on there? Yeah, I mean, what we've seen so far this, this week is effectively optimism. So a great deal of optimism has basically persisted throughout the market pretty much for the whole month of June. But yeah, you're right. The the property sector is is facing quite a bit of trouble at the moment. Developer defaults are rising. Whilst they're not at the levels that we saw last year, they did hit $5 billion for the month of May, and that has continued to grow month on month over the course of the year. And we're also seeing a pretty aggressive slowdown in new buildings. So over the month of May, the number of buildings actually sort of breaking ground and starting development really did take quite a big hit. So it sounds like the market's really optimistic right now, but are the numbers lining up with that that sentiment? Well, we didn't see particularly good numbers coming in this morning. Chinese industrial profits were down 12.6%, and that was spread across public, private, and foreign-owned entities. So across the board, a pretty pretty bleak picture on that front. The steel sector was absolutely not spared in that pretty woeful print. Ferrous smelters' profits are down 103% year-to-date over the same period last year. So some real concerns emerging on that one. There's also a little bit of concern on the physical side of things. So imports for iron ore are actually up 7% on the first half of 2023. And whilst overall inventories are pretty well below average... If we continue to see falling demand in the second half of this year, those definitely have room to grow and could inflict some further price pressure. How's today specifically been looking? I know you just walked away from your desk. How were things in the bullpen? Yeah, so today has definitely been quieter, but the market doesn't appear to have given back too many of the gains that it made yesterday. So having closed out yesterday at 113.15, we closed out today 112.40. So a little bit of a tick down, but that buoyancy does appear to still be there. And we did spend the majority of the T plus one sort of around the 113 mark and only just saw the sell off heading into the close. So it sounds like the market hasn't been too spooked by the news. Not just at this stage, but, you know, we are only a day out from those prints and the long term picture is definitely developing developing yeah Ah, exactly so what should our audience be looking out for in the coming week james as ever any announcement from the ndrc or chinese government relating to stimulus based on this last month's performance i wouldn't hold your breath on that because (laughs) we have said that effectively every week so far and we're still waiting yeah and on the data front we've got the pmi index printing on friday which is the purchasing managers index so that's more related to manufacturing data. Thank you so much for joining us, James. Wonderful, informational as always, and we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. See you then. See you then. 
Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time. If you have a chance, make sure to stop by our website, FreightUpPodcast.com, to leave us a comment, ask questions, or read show notes. We'll see you again next time. Freight Up!